We are week two in our series on follow. And last week we talked about how following Jesus is less about a set of rules and things like that. It's, but that following Jesus is all about a relationship. That wasn't last week. That was two weeks ago. Last time we did follow, we talked about that. By the way, what did you guys think of uh, Lizzie Burke coming and doing our forum last week? Was that awesome? Uh, one thing that's on my mind because of that, the, and with uh, the idea of, of partnering with the Big C Church, right? We talked about the Little C Church last week, and the, but then or we talked about the Big C Church. And what we mean by that is that uh, there's only, or how many churches are in Beaverton? One. One, right? Um, and we are an expression of the church. Cedar Mill Bible Church, our youth group is an expression of the one church. So it's kind of, I like to think of it like this. It's kind of like we are the immediate family and then we have like the cousins, right? The cousins out there. So, um, but we need, we need the big C church. We need the rest of the family because some of you guys go to schools where maybe you feel like you're the only Christian and, and guess what? Only a couple or maybe none of the people here at this youth group go to your school. And so if you're going to partner with people in your school to follow Jesus and chase after him and also to do things like share your faith, you need students from other youth groups, right? So um, I just wanted to throw out another encouragement. I know last week she said, hey, if God stirs something in your heart um, to start something or to be a part of, of something like that, I was actually really excited to hear um, like some of the students' ideas to start clubs on their campuses. Um, but maybe for you, it's like, I'd like to start a club or a prayer room on my campus, something like that. Um, but maybe if it's starting something sounds overwhelming for you, maybe there's something that you can already join, right? There's things uh, where you can meet kids from other youth groups. Like I know that Wildlife meets on Monday nights and I saw someone wearing a Young Life shirt. That's awesome. I also know that FCA, uh, if you guys have heard of Future, sorry, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Anyone heard of that? Yeah, FCA. How many? Is there anyone in the room that goes to FCA? You're in, it was, you saw it in a brochure once. You were on the brochure. Um, so I know that there's like an FCA that meets at Village and that there's some students from Cedar Park that go, some students from Meadows. Um, and there's another school and it's slipping my mind, but it's going to go out in an email. But I've been thinking like, there's so many students in here that go to Rachel Carson or Stoller. Um, and I don't know if there's anything like that at some of these other schools. So if you feel like God placed it on your heart, man, I'd love to start something on my campus. Come and talk to me um, because I meet with a network of youth pastors and I can talk to them and see if there's anyone in their groups that would want to link arms with you. Um, or I can get you in contact with some of the leaders from some of these organizations that help start things like this on campuses. So. Uh, that was like a short commercial, and I'm sorry about it, but also not very sorry about it. So, um, this is so we are week two. Last time we talked about follow, like I said, it, it was all about relationships, uh, a relationship with Jesus. That is to follow Jesus means to be in relationship with Him. And uh, tonight we're talking about something a little bit different. We're talking about how following Jesus starts with a step. So. We're gonna say that multiple times, but following Jesus starts with one step. Um, I don't know about you guys. I, for one, am easily overwhelmed. Anyone in here easily overwhelmed? Individual? Like, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say I'm highly anxious. 
And I know that being overwhelmed and being anxious usually go hand in hand. Like I'm pretty chill, but then sometimes it feels like I'm overwhelmed by the fact that I can't handle certain, like this just seems too hard for me. Like I'm like, and maybe sometimes life builds up and then I get stressed, but, but there are these things that sometimes I encounter where it's like, I don't even know if I can do that. Like I, maybe, I, maybe faint, of, faint of heart or something would be a good way to describe it. I don't know. A couple examples that I could think of. One of these examples was, um, was just this last week, actually. I've been, there's, there's like a wood beam in my house. And natural wood's really cool. But apparently, the generation before me didn't think that natural wood is that cool. Um, they painted over it, right, with many, many layers of paint. And I've been sanding a beam, a wood beam, and everyone always, everyone told me not to do it. And I should have listened because I'm like a year in and I have been constantly overwhelmed by a beam. You guys know those things that you know you need to do and it, you see it every day and it's not done. I think in general, I'm just pretty overwhelmed by like house projects. I'm not a handy guy. I know I look like a really tough, handy guy <laughs> that can fix anything that's yeah. like a plumber, um, like a man's man. I know that I look like that, but I'm not. So sometimes when my drain gets clogged and there's hair in it, because me and my wife have a lot of hair, unclogging my drain feels really overwhelming. And I just did that too, and that was disgusting. Or uh, things like painting my house, right? You have to paint your house or it will rot, I guess, especially in Portland. And so like trying to paint my house and, um, and just so the house is overwhelming. There's been, I put wood floors down, which was overwhelming and I messed up many, many times. And I also didn't put, they call it a transition strip from the door that allows the door to close tightly. And uh, I didn't put that on my house because it's overwhelming. And I've had floors in my house for like, wood floors now for like over almost two years. Um, and I have a gap in my front door like this big. And I know that there's just dollars and heat flying under my door. And some of your dads or moms would just wanna kill me for that, right? How many of you guys have parents that are like, don't leave the door open, you're, you're like draining the, you're ruining our heat bill. So I'm like a parent's worst nightmare because I'm overwhelmed by house projects. I also am easily overwhelmed. I remember when I went to college, um, I'm not a great student. I'm a C student usually, maybe a B student. And sometimes I get A's in art or PE. And I went to college and all of a sudden I needed to memorize things and, and also like know how to write MLA formatting and all of that kind of stuff. And I remember thinking, I don't think that I should have came to college because everyone here knows how to do that and I'm overwhelmed. And I also didn't know how to use a syllabus or to like write down my due dates. So I'd be really overwhelmed all the time because I'd be like, hey Dax, what's doing in that class tomorrow? And then you'd be like, dude, the eight page paper. And I would be like, hmm, nice. So um, instead of like, it felt like too much to handle and I don't know if you guys have ever done this. I just spent so much time pumping myself up in game planning, more time pumping myself up in game planning than actually taking care of the problem. Anyone been there? You're like procrastinating. You're like trying to get yourself psyched enough to do it. That's me a lot of the time. Moving is like that. Like 
Luckily, I have Danica, but I'm the, like the pack. Bef- I still just realized like, like that I need to pack for camp this weekend. And I don't know. I'm like, I pack in the morning. Any of you guys pack in the morning kind of people? Sometimes, I don't know if, if life feels like this sometimes, but sometimes the amount of things you have to do just feel a bit overwhelming. And uh, I want to, another secret that I just want to let you guys in on is that dancing is overwhelming for me. Is dancing overwhelming for anyone else? Any, any other uncoordinated people in the room? <laughs> dancing, is, dancing is overwhelming for me. Danica showed a video of our wedding when I was dancing and I was sweating in my living room just watching it because it is so shameful. Um, and so I wanted to learn something new tonight and so I want to invite a friend up that's going to teach me some dance moves. So can we give it up for Shaylin? Okay. So Shaylin, just, I know, like, how would you rate yourself as a dancer on a scale of one to 10? I think I'd rate you like an eight. Like, you're not the best in the world, but you might be the best in Beaverton. Um, and so I just, here's the thing. Can you show, can we start with an easy dance? And then maybe you can show me something harder like the renegade, you know, something like that. Okay. Just teach me something easy and then we'll try something harder. Okay, here we go. Okay, okay, okay. 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 Ok
thing I learned a new thing kind of right I sort of learned this that was amazing thank you can we give it up for those girls it was awesome very impressive that is overwhelming for me if you if you are like me dancing's overwhelming or TikTok dances are overwhelming um, or maybe for you it's not TikTok, or maybe maybe for many of you it's not your house problems um, but maybe for you figure this whole podium out um, I think that a lot of times in our life that there are many things that that we we struggle with that seem overwhelming without the basic instructions um, we don't know where to start any of you guys ever not known how to where to start maybe like I said maybe for you it wasn't TikTok dance maybe it was writing your first book report or your first research paper maybe it was learning all of the lines for your journey theater play um, shout out to journey uh, memorizing all the plays for your team um, very difficult it's why I didn't make it to varsity football <laughs> um, maybe maybe it's just taking on a basic task like actually cleaning your room because let's be honest I know that it looks like a bomb went off in your guys's rooms so um, maybe you don't know where to start <clears throat> now let me ask you this have you ever felt like this in your, in your walk with God, in your faith, you feel overwhelmed or unsure where to start. I think if we're being honest, we'd all say that sometimes following Jesus feels like a really big task. Is that a fair statement? Following Jesus feels like a really big, important task. And in fact, it's so big and important that sometimes we don't know where to start. We don't even know where to, where to begin. Maybe for you, following Jesus leaves you, the idea of following him just leaves you overwhelmed. You, you wanna know what this Jesus thing is all about, but it feels like there's a lot of rules, that there's a lot of Bible verses, that there's, you have to pray a lot of prayers, um, that there's, there, there's things that you have to remember to do or not to do, that, that maybe for you, following Jesus just is very overwhelming, or maybe for you, it complicates things. Um, it's, not, it's not necessarily that Jesus, following Jesus is, the idea of that's complicated. It's just that life in general is complicated, 
right? Your whole life, you have so many demands on your life. You have distractions, things that, that, that are looking for your attention and your time. You've got your friends, your family, your schoolwork, your small group, your team, your activities, your social media, your YouTube channel, your chores. Um, the list goes on and on. And all of those things are asking for your time and attention. And the idea of adding just one thing, to, one more thing to your list, especially something as big as following Jesus, um, well, it just seems like a lot. Maybe for you, it's not that your life is, is too busy. It's not that following Jesus is, is overwhelming for, for the, just the, the ideas in general. It's just that you're not interested in it. You're not interested in this whole faith thing. And, and that's that is because you're overwhelmed as well, right? Maybe, maybe it's because the thought of actually follow, if you followed him, you'd actually have to give up some things to do that. Uh, you'd have to stop hanging out with those friends. You'd have to stop watching that show or listening to that music or dating that person. And, you, and the thought of following Jesus, you, when you think like, if I follow Jesus, that's what I would have to do. Um, changing the way that you're living your life right now, if we're honest, seems like too big of a job sometimes. Like there's so many things in your life that you'd have to change. It just feels too burdensome. No matter what you think about following Jesus, all of us could agree that it's a pretty big deal to say that you are following Jesus. Deciding to put your faith in God and live a life that follows Jesus is a big decision. And a big decisions a lot of times leave us overwhelmed. For some of us, we're not even sure we want to start following Jesus. And for others of us, we just don't know where to begin. So luckily in the New Testament, there's a story that gives us some answers and it's about Jesus and his encounter with a man. Um, I think this story will give us an idea of what it looks like to start following Jesus, even when it seems overwhelming. Uh, the story is found in the book of Luke. And this is one of the books that chronicles Jesus's life here on earth. And this is kind of how the story goes. Jesus encounters a man named Levi. Um, Jesus encounters a man named Levi, and Levi is a tax collector. Now, later in, later in the Bible, his name is changed to Matthew. But if you, tax collectors, taxes are something that people don't like to do, right? Your, your parents are filing taxes. Tax season's not too far away. Um, Taxes were a big deal back then, and tax collectors especially because they were really powerful, very important people, and they were also hated by a lot of people. And I, I don't mean just like kind of hated, I mean really hated by people. Israel was under the rule of Rome at the time, and so even though Levi was a Jew, his job as a tax collector was to collect money for Rome. So he was a Jew collecting money from Jews, to give to Rome. And Rome was a place considered to be the, the enemy of many who lived in Israel at that time. As a part of being a tax collector, they, all, they collected money from Rome, but they also collected money, some of the money they pocketed for themselves. So not only were they supporting Rome, they were also taking money from the Jewish people. And that was Levi's job. It made him a traitor and a thief in the eyes of, of his people. As you can imagine, he wasn't the most popular dude on the block. He was like, money, please, right? And then he's like, I know you have more than that. And then he put it in his own pocket, right? You can see why people wouldn't like him. With that in mind, let's pick up the story here. 
It says in Luke 5, 27 through 28, later as Jesus left the town, he saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Levi got up and left everything and followed him. So hold on a second. You're telling me that Jesus takes time to stop for someone like Levi. Someone, you're telling me that, that the perfect and sinless savior of the world stops to talk to this horrible dude. And not only stop and talk to him, but also to invite Levi to actually come and follow him and go with him. The tax collector, the traitor, the thief, that's the guy Jesus chose. Um, Jesus, when Jesus met Levi, he didn't address anything about his behavior. He didn't tell Levi, hey man, this is messed up. He didn't address his job or his loyalties. He didn't ask, are you for Rome or are you for Israel? Jesus didn't wait and see how Levi measured up or what he was or wasn't willing to do for him. Instead, Jesus just invited Levi to follow him. And just like that, he invited Levi to take a step. He invited Levi to begin following him. Because following Jesus starts with a step. Following Jesus always starts with a step. And you're probably thinking, that sounds simple and all, but is it really that easy? Is following Jesus really as easy as just taking a step? And here's the tough answer. No, it's not. Following Jesus is a big deal. Taking a step toward him is an important decision for your life because anytime you take a step towards something, you have to take a step away from something else. Let me say that again. Anytime you take a step towards something, you have to take a step away from something else. And that isn't always easy to do. Levi had to step away from what was on his table. He had to walk away from what was right in front of him so that he could step toward following Jesus. His job, his money, his power, all of that had to be left behind. He didn't have everything figured out. He didn't know what was gonna happen next. He didn't know what people would think of him if Jesus would, or, or even if Jesus would continue to accept him. He didn't even know if Jesus would continue to accept him. And honestly, all of those things probably left Levi feeling a little more than overwhelmed. But what's important to see is that Levi still took that step. Just one step toward following Jesus. And every single day after that, he just had to take the next step. Levi didn't exactly know what he was stepping into when he took a step away from the table that day. He knew he, he but, but he did know this. He knew that he was stepping towards Jesus. He knew that he was following Jesus. And from then on, he just kept taking one step toward Jesus at a time. Because that, that I believe, is what faith is actually all about. It's one prayer at a time, one choice at a time, one moment at a time. It's step by step. And you don't really have to get it, you don't really have to have it all figured out. It's just, you have to start following him. I think that following Jesus is a little bit like following uh, GPS on your iPhone. You don't really need to know where you're going. You just need to know where your next turn is. Does that make sense? It would be really overwhelming if you were taking a long trip and someone gave you all of the steps all at once, right? But if you just take one step at a time, the trip is a little less overwhelming. It's a little easier to know. I just need to turn right at this next, at this next intersection, right? And so I want to have um, a friend of mine and also a friend of your guys's, one of some of your guys, one of your guys's leaders, David, come up and share what taking a step towards Jesus looked like. So 
Give it up for David. Thanks. Yeah, so when, uh, when Luke asked me to share with you guys, I uh, was thinking about, you know, what's, what's a time in my life where I felt like God was calling me to do something and, and I had to, I didn't know the, all of the steps, and if I did, it would be too overwhelming, and what would that, what was that journey like? The thing that came to my mind was um, uh, about the time that I was uh, finishing Bible college, I felt like God was calling me to be a missionary. Uh, and uh, I didn't really know all of what that meant, uh, or even what organization, or what that would look like, or what country I would go to, uh, but I just really felt like God was calling me to, to be a full-time missionary overseas, um, and so it was uh, a, a journey, and God just brought me to that point of uh, recognizing that that's what he wanted, and um, and so the, there's a lot of things that were involved in that. I don't know, some of you guys probably know some missionaries, uh, but there's a lot of things that are involved in, in being a missionary and becoming a missionary, all of the, the orientation to an organization. And, and missionaries, unlike most normal people who work a normal job, they don't get paid like normal pay uh, for their job, but they have to go out and raise their own support. Uh, and so they have to find family and friends and say, hey, I want to go do this in another country and do this for God, and I need you to give me money. Uh, and uh, I know for me, one of the, the people that thought that that was just one of the craziest things was my, my great aunt. She just could not believe that I was like going to be working, but I wasn't going to be getting paid anything. I was having to go out and have the other people give me money. Uh, and she was not a believer, uh, is still not a believer. Uh, but um, there was a lot of pieces involved in trying to get financial support. For a lot of people, uh, they have to sell their house. I didn't have a house yet, so I didn't have to do that, but we had to get rid of all of our stuff that we owned here. Uh, my wife and I, before we went overseas, except a few small things that we kept in a friend's garage, uh, but there's, uh, and we had to do a lot of training. Uh, and I think, you know, thinking of like um, Levi in the story here that Luke was sharing about, if Levi knew all of, of what was involved in, in what God was calling him to, he would have been overwhelmed. And for me, if I had known all of, of what was involved, and then even once I got overseas and got to Indonesia, and having to spend six months full time uh, learning the local language there in Indonesia, and then learning about the culture, and trying to figure out how to to exist in another culture and deal with everything over there, it would be so overwhelming. Uh, but God didn't call me to have to worry about all those things, or even to know all those things up front. He had something specific, and he made that very clear, and then he helped to lead and guide me each step of the way. And so my encouragement for you guys is just to, to be thinking about, um, yeah, what, how God wants to use you and what he's impressing upon your, your heart, how he can use you in strategic ways uh, in your school, in your family, in your neighborhood, uh, and be bold, and just think about what small step can you stay, take in order to move in that direction that where God's calling you. Awesome. Yeah, so we think of, of uh, missionaries or pastors as these people that, that like walked into a phone booth and spun around and came out as a missionary, right? That David is not like a super Christian. David was just faithful to the call, to the next step that God gave him. And then when he woke up the next day, the next step and the next step. And I think there's countless examples of those people who are heroes of faith in, in our minds. These people that are giants, these, these like giant in the faith, these Christians. And I would just say it all started with a step. Um, just like Levi's. Levi started with a step. And so 
What does this look like for your life right now? Well, I think it looks pretty different for each of us. I think that our next step looks a lot different. Um, we can, but we can remember that all we have to do, as we head out this week, we can remember that all we have to do is start. Just one step, then the next. Following Jesus starts with a step. So this week, here's the step that I hope that you'll take. From, from Luke to you personally, this is me to you, I just want to say, start by asking yourself this question this week. What's the thing that, you, that I might have to step away from? What's something in your life that Christ might be calling you to step away from? Just like Levi stood up and walked away from his tax collector's booth, maybe you need to walk away from something too. Maybe for you, it's walking away from a feeling. Maybe it's a, it's a doubt or a fear that God doesn't really care about you or love you. Or maybe it's pride that tells you that you've already got it all figured out. Maybe... Um, it's walking away from a habit. Maybe it's videos that you know you shouldn't be watching or gossip that you know you shouldn't be participating in or drugs and alcohol that, that you've been curious about or experimenting with. Or maybe it's walking away from that unhealthy relationship or that toxic group of friends who push you in the wrong direction. I'm not asking you to walk away from everything or everyone that's a part of your life. And I'm not telling you to change all of your behaviors or habits overnight, that would be overwhelming, right? To change all of your habits or behaviors overnight would be overwhelming. Um, what I am asking you to do is just take one step. What, just start, ask yourself, what might, what, I, what might I need to step away from in my life right now? Then ask yourself this, how can I take one step towards Jesus instead? Maybe for you, that, that is to start, that step that you're going to take is just to start praying. Or maybe to start reading your Bible or listening to worship songs when you get ready in the mornings. For others of you, you might need to forgive someone that you've been holding a grudge against. Or give, or give to someone in need. Maybe your first step is simply to ask some questions. Ask your small group leader some questions. Or a trusted friend about, ask them some questions about this whole faith thing. This whole faith thing. Whatever it is that you decide whatever it is that you decide to step away from in your life, don't like, as you step away from that thing, don't miss the opportunity to step towards Jesus because following Jesus begins with a step. And so as you head to small group, I want you to think about this question. How can I take one step towards Jesus this week?